The Chicago Bears are in a great position to beat the Green Bay Packers in week one and start their season off with a really important divisional win. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Crossover Thursday, Locked on Bears, Locked on Packers podcast. I'm Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears, alongside Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers. Our Crossover Thursday episode today is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Peter, it's the start of the regular season, the start of the next era of the Bears-Packers rivalry post-Aaron Rodgers. I have to imagine that kind of shapes what the biggest story of this game is going to be for Green Bay. Yeah, the, the, I, I think the Bears and the Packers are in very similar situations that way, right? Like different stages of the development, but this is all about the quarterback in a way that it has not been in a really long time, uh, not to dredge up old things, but... Aaron Rodgers did own the Bears. And so it wasn't that interesting to talk about Aaron Rodgers ahead of a Packers-Bears game because we kind of just knew what the outcome was going to be. He was going to play well and rip the Bears' heart out at the end. We don't know what Jordan Love is going to be. We don't know what he's going to be in this rivalry. We don't know what he's going to be as the starter for the Green Bay Packers. And we also don't know, and I think this is something that I'm sure we'll talk about later when we talk about matchups, we also don't know the best way to defend Jordan Love. And that makes this particularly interesting. So, like, how do you defend a quarterback that you don't really have any tape on. Do you go back to Utah State? Like, I would love to hear from Matt Eberflus and get him on a lie detector and say, okay, what did you really do? Did you go back and you watch Kansas City? Because Jordan Love is, does not seem like that quarterback anymore. Did you watch Philadelphia? Well, that's like 15 snaps. How much can you really learn from that? So we've seen Jordan Love, and we know the things running the ball that he does really well. We know that you've got to keep him contained in the pocket. We know you can't let him make second reaction plays and scramble and do all kinds of cool things because his legs he showed last year, he'll beat the crap out of the Packers doing that. But then what is the evolution of this passing offense with DJ Moore and Chase Claypool in year two and the improvements along the offensive line? It's a different kind of question for Green Bay though, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, how much, how much of what he did last year can Jordan Love replicate? And how much of what this offense has always been under Matt LaFleur is that it's an awesome offensive line. It's an awesome running game. And that they've added a lot of speed on this uh, on this team. Dirty, filthy, nasty speed. I think Eleanor Roosevelt said that. So <laughs> there, it's a really, it's a really fun time for the Packers because it's such an unknown. And for the Bears, like it seems like there's this pressure here on Justin Fields because they've put together all these pieces. How are things going to change, Lauren? Like, I'm fascinated to see how much things actually change in the passing game, or do you just kind of keep the same concepts, add in a couple more things for DJ Moore, and just say, all right, we're going to do the same stuff mostly, just with better guys now? Yeah, I think the supporting cast is an underrated part of this conversation about both quarterbacks, where I'm fascinated to see what all these young skill players can do in the Green Bay Packers offense. Like, I really like a lot of the guys they drafted both this year and, and last year and feel like those guys can become 
you know, really effective players sometime down the line, but how quickly they're able to step in. By the way, that's the only guys that they have. They yeah. only have players that they drafted last year and this year. Yes, that's that's it. So it's like, yes, I think a lot of those guys are going to be good. How good are they Sunday against the Chicago Bears is such a fascinating question for me. And it's also much like it's hard to prepare for Jordan Love defensively. It's hard to prepare for rookie wide receivers and tight ends or even second year guys that you know only played some in the rookie season, but will play a much more prominent role. Whereas for Chicago, it's the question is, how much better will these skill position upgrades make this Bears offense? How much of a difference will that make for Justin Fields? You know, how much of that is on Fields versus on the players around him in this supporting cast? I mean, certainly it was part of the equation last season, but it's the question of how much in either direction there. I think the expectation in Chicago is that, yes, you know, DJ Moore is going to give him a reliable option that's going to be open more quickly, make him more decisive as a quarterback because he can trust what he's seeing a little bit more when it's DJ Moore running that route as opposed to former Packer Equinemius St. Brown being a, a top option in that offense, plus still having some of the running game there. You feel like you can kind of take some of the pressure off of Justin Fields in that way. And, and I can't help but feel like certainly the the bigger pressure in the game is on uh, is on Fields as in terms of like he needs to be better, whereas Love, I think, has a little bit more of a leash of like, let's see how good he can be. But at the same time, I think offensively, the Packers offense may put more on Jordan Love's shoulders just because of he, he, he's kind of the experienced guy in that group, which is weird because he doesn't have the actual like on field experience. But, you know, the four years in the offense, plus watching the film and learning from Aaron Rodgers all this time, in theory, the execution from him should be on a pretty high level in terms of, you know, getting guys lined up correctly and getting the calls right at the line of scrimmage. Because he's had a lot of time to at least master that part, if not yet being perfectly on the same page at all times with brand new receivers. Well, and and Jordan Love has been in his system longer than Justin Fields has been in his. Yes. And, and that's system. the interesting piece of this, too. Like, this is year two of Justin Fields in the Luke Getze system. Jo Jordan Love has been in, I guess we could call it the Luke Getze system, right? It's <laughs> it's the same tree of offenses. Um, but he's been with Matt LaFleur for three years now. This is year four in this offense. And so you're right. You, you would expect more to be on Jordan Love or that he's capable of more things. Now, as we record this, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs both sitting out practice on Wednesday for the Green Bay Packers, the injury report to come out later today. So um, Romeo Dobbs has been dealing with a soft tissue injury. Um, we don't know at this point what the Christian Watson um, issue is. He rode the stationary bike in practice on, on Wednesday. So uh, we'll see. But if you have to play Malik Heath and Dontavian Wicks, both of whom are real players, Bears fans, like I promised that I did not make up those names, but Malik Heath is an undrafted free agent. Uh, Dontavian Wicks was a fifth round pick. They have Samori Toure, who was a seventh-round pick last year. Grant DuBose is a seventh-round pick. He's on the practice squad. It is a really cool experiment, Lauren, what's going on with this young skill group. I've, I've made this case actually over and over over the course of the last year that I don't know why young teams or teams with young quarterbacks don't want to put young skill players around them. Like, why did the Houston Texans go sign Robert Woods for $8 million? I don't know. Um, and it's it's sort of like, that I appreciate it in a way. The Bears not going out and doing that last year with Justin Fields, like Equinemius St. Brown. Byron Pringle was their big free agent acquisition. I don't remember what he exactly got paid, but he didn't get paid to be wide receiver one necessarily. Like Darnell Mooney was that guy. I like it when teams try and build young pieces around their young core, like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. We don't know if the Packers have anyone as good as either of those guys yet, but this is the problem with doing it that way is you end up being really thin. Like if, let's say, Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore were out for the Bears, first of all, they would look like the Bears most of last season. <laughs> but 
that was not a very good offense, right? That was not a very good passing game. And so if that's what the Packers have to do on Sunday, well, then that changes everything. And we get a really bad look at what it's going to be like for Jordan Love this year because he doesn't have his top two guys. I'm not, I'm not trying to preemptively make excuses for him because I still, you have to go out and play with your guys. You have to still, the process of it all matters. Um, but I think it's really, it's really smart to point out that, you know, Love should be able to handle more. The question really is more about can the guys around him handle a little bit more? Like the good news is David Bakhtiari seems like he's going to be okay. Um, this offensive line, like I mentioned, is going to be really, really good. So they they have some some nice um, safety blankets here, but still plenty of questions. It sounds like the Bears on, on the other side are, are pretty healthy right now. Yeah, after a pretty injury-filled preseason, the Bears are coming into week one. Other than the guys on injured reserve, Tevin Jenkins and another backup offensive lineman, feeling like they're pretty good health-wise entering this game. Some little question marks maybe about how, how close to 100% somebody like Jaquan Brisker will be, but they certainly expected to play at this point. And a lot of these different skill guys maybe in or out of the lineup for the Packers are going to be really key matchups to watch in this game. And coming up next on this Crossover Thursday podcast, we'll go through the biggest matchups for both teams and the most important players in this game that aren't named Field or Love as we continue our Crossover Thursday podcast here in the Locked On Podcast Network. This Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is here to make daily fantasy that much more fun for you because they're an independently owned daily fantasy platform that really makes it that much more fun, that can take your football enjoying experience to the next level, that you get to have your skills tested on a platform that really makes it exciting, that you get to pick two to five players and whether they will do more or less than their prize picks projection. And they've got some weekly promotions that can lead to some really big payouts for that as well. It's really a, a, a 60 seconds or less, a quick sort of play each and every week to have some extra fun and, and give you something to root for in games that aren't just your Bears or your Packers in this matchup. And so I, I'm really looking forward to making prize picks a part of my Sundays each and every week throughout this season. You got to go check it out and have some fun with us as well. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on NFL for that first deposit match up to $100. All right, Peter, as we continue our crossover Thursday podcast, we talked about the quarterbacks and the supporting cast being a big part of this, this game. Is that where you go for the most important matchups or where do you look elsewhere on this team? So for the, from the Packers standpoint, I, I think this is about the run defense because that is the biggest gap in quality between these two teams. The Bears are an explosive, dominant run defense or run rush offense with Justin Fields, or we expect them to be. They were, they were, I think, 17th in EPA per rush last year, but top 10 in success rate in part because they could rip off long runs. Justin Fields was a walking 50-yard run, it seemed like. Um, and, and so they add Deontay Foreman. Um, they have Khalil Herbert, who is now the lead back. Both of those guys were in the top five in rushing yards over expectation last year, which is um, even when you have offensive line issues, a really good sign because they can create on their own. The Packers, by contradistinction, bottom five in run defense by DVOA, by EPA per play, by success rate. You pick a metric, they stunk against the run last year. And so they have to be better there this year. Kenny Clark insists 
they, they have a little bit of a new mentality, a new approach that they're going to be using. I think you're going to see more stunts, more games, more, more just trying to create disruption up, up front rather than just saying it's me versus you. We're going to try and win. I think a lot of defenses are doing that. We saw Jiro Evero in, in Denver go to that approach and just try and game stuff up. Let's just try and muck things up for opposing offenses. Let's mess with box counts. Let's mess with offensive line trying to say, okay, on this outside zone run, we go here to here to here. All right, well, if my defensive tackle is slanting this way and your guard is going this way, we have an issue here, right? Like that's part of why you do that kind of stuff. You do still have to get off blocks though, right? Like this is still, at a certain point, it's still football. So Devondre Campbell, back practicing, looks like he's going to be ready to go. Week one was an all pro in 2021. Quay Walker in year two. How do your, how do your run fits from the back end look? How do your safeties come up in support and tackle? Darnell Savage returned to the practice field on Wednesday. That's good news. They're only starting caliber safety on this roster, by the way. <laughs> if there's one weak point on this defense, they have a million first-round picks, and their second safety group, they've gone, eh, we'll figure it out later, and that's okay. I, I don't think that's okay. Um, I, this is certainly my biggest concern about this defense, and that's where I'm going here because I just don't think the Bears are going to be able to throw on this group. I, the, one of the most anemic passing offenses we've seen last year um, we don't even, ha even have to get into how I feel about Justin Fields. Both of our audiences know exactly how I feel about Justin Fields. <laughs> and this is an elite pass defense for the Packers uh, that should get even better this year with the return of Rashawn Gary, who is expected to play in this game, albeit on a pitch count. So it seems like if you're the Bears, you sort of flip this and you go, okay, we have to be able to pass the ball on this team because they're going to be geared up to stop the run. Is that, am I, am I on target there? Do you think? I mean, Yes, in the, but like I think the Bears are still going to make the Packers stop them in the running game first, right? Prove to us they better that run defense can st slow down this running game first. Like this, still, I think this Bears team still wants to be that run first offense for sure, and then certainly make Justin Fields' job as easy as possible. Then in the passing game, not ask him to have to scramble around and try and be the hero so often, and just take, make things easier on him both from receivers making plays after the catch, but also putting an emphasis on that ground game. I'm expecting the Bears to go with more 12 personnel this year with, with Robert Tunyon in the mix now and Mercedes Lewis as well that I think Luke Getzey wanted to do that more. Who are those guys season. again? I don't, I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, just kidding, just kidding. A couple of guys from up north. I don't even know. A couple, and, and Tanya, a, a local Illinois guy who's uh, happy yeah. to be a Chicago the Mercedes wouldn't really hurt Packers fans, Lauren, I have to tell you. Like, Big Bob Tunyon, people really like him. The Big Bob moniker was great. They they liked the, the, the contributions and all that good stuff. But, like, Mercedes was a a cult favorite in green Bay. Like he was a beloved Packer and him going to Chicago was, it wasn't quite like Johnny Damon, Red Sox, Yankees, but like it, it, it felt a little close just because people love him so much. Yeah. And I think, I think bears fans are going to fall in love with him pretty quickly too. I, even Justin Fields has already been raving about the impact he has, but, but I think that's really going to dictate what the bears want to do in the running game, right? If the bears come out with two tight ends, uh, the Packers going to respond in base or nickel? And, you know, can they trust, you know, their, their five defensive backs to stop the run against this front? Or are they going to have to keep, you know, a full seven guys in the box to get an extra linebacker out there? And then can they can they throw out of that 12 personnel a little bit more and get better matchups? Certainly, I, I feel like I, I trust the passing game up the middle of the field a little bit more than the sidelines when it comes to this Packers defense, just because I think, you know, linebackers and safeties, I, I'd rather challenge them a little bit more than Jari Alexander and Rizul Douglas on the outside. So, you know, can the Bears get in that 12 personnel, dictate some heavier coverage, work some play action off of that, not just rollouts, but actually, you know, keeping fields in the pocket too and having some time then based on the play action, based on maybe keeping one or more of those tight ends and backs into pass protect, you know, to give Justin Fields that time to attack the middle of the field a little bit more. Like, I think that's where the Bears start to build out this strategy of, of 
leading by the running game there, but even when the Packers try and respond to that and maybe have some success responding to that, you know, building off of that then through the action game and, and trying to dictate personnel defensively to get those better matchups for the offense. I know it's a very small sample size, but in the four games that Justin Fields has played against the Packers, he's got six picks, right? I went back and watched all six. None of them were to the middle of the field, not true middle of the field. Like one was a heave to Darnell Savage. That was just an overthrow. There was another that was an overthrow that was kind of to the middle of the field, but it, it was to Shannon Sullivan on an overthrow in the slot. It wasn't like, let me layer a throw over a linebacker between a safety. It wasn't, um, you know, some sort of glance post off an RPO, the way that we think of like modern offenses attacking the middle of the field. And it just, it seems like the, it, running an offense that is supposed to be predicated on attacking the middle of the field, they have to find ways to do that a little bit better, which seems like that's why you pay Cole Komet, because you think he can do that. It's why you bring in two tight ends because you think they can help you do that, even if Mercedes Lewis is like, block it up so we can go play action and take those those middle of the field shots. Um, and then DJ Moore is someone who, I mean, we've seen it. The One of the big plays in preseason was a, a, a middle of the field throw to him where he turns and makes a play in the open field. Like you get DJ Moore in space with a chance to run. He's going he's gonna to make a play more often than not. It seems like that part of it, defending the middle of the field is a place where the Packers defense is a little bit vulnerable. And, and that's where you want to attack. The bad stuff is what happens on the outside. Ironically, that's where Aaron Rodgers only wanted to attack. That's a separate thing. Um, and, I, and I think Jordan Love and, and the Packers are going to try and do that as well. That that leads us to this question about individual matchups. Um, for for me, I'm, I'm copping out a little bit because it's Joe Barry versus Justin Fields. It's not a player versus player matchup. It's defensive coordinator. How does he play Justin Fields? Is he going to is he going to sit in some of these cover two looks and with squat corners and and try and throw off some of the timing of any quick game they try and do? Have your corners up so you can play and run support and press at the line of scrimmage, throw off the timing of what they're trying to do, or do you say we dare you to throw it over our heads? Here's here's eight in the box. You're not going to run it on us. Th that was an issue at times last year. The Titans was a perfect example. They stopped Derrick Henry in that game, and Ryan Tannehill threw for 300 yards throwing to you and me at receiver because Traylon Burks got hurt in that game and he still lit up the Packers defense. They struggled last year to walk and chew gum and that can't be the case again this year for the Packers. So that's where my matchup is. What is your matchup? Player, is it player, 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 coach? What do you got? Yeah, we've talked a lot about the skill positions for good reason being a big part of this game, but I'm really curious in maybe a, not, maybe in a fearful way about Darnell Wright going up against either a veteran like Preston Smith or a freak athlete like Rashawn Gary. Like, I, I like Darnell Wright a lot. I think he's going to be a solid offensive tackle. He's still pretty raw and still not perfectly mechanically sound at this point. And so for me, he, he's kind of a roller coaster where some plays he'll look great and he can use his freakish like bend and athletic ability to recover really well when he does miss. And other plays he can lunge and just miss you outright. And Rashawn Gary can turn that corner and get to Justin Fields in a hurry. Like, especially when you've already got an injury at left guard and you're probably going to move Cody Whitehair to left guard and start Lucas Patrick at center. And I've got enough concerns about what that combination might look like. Darnell Wright is the rookie feels to me like if I'm Joe Barry, it's one of the areas I'm circling and say, let's let's blitz to that side. Let's stunt to that side. Let's send rushers from different areas and try and confuse and, and really throw this rookie off of his game. And again, again, like down the line, I think Darnell Wright will be fine. Week one, I, I've got some questions there, but at least it's it's Justin Fields' front side and not the back side, so we can see it a little bit easier. But I also don't want him rolling to his left all the time either. So it's that's going to be a a tricky one, but I think a really important matchup for the Bears. You you mentioned the, the workaround for this though, right? Twelve personnel, put Mercedes Lewis on that right side, yeah. let him just help 
on Darnell Wright. That was what the Packers used him with. He was a sixth offensive lineman last year for Green Bay in, in the run game, in play action, in all that. I mean, he, I think he caught five passes all year. Um, that, that's not what he's there for. He's there to help. And so I think he can do that. Speaking of personnel, Lauren, we're going to, we're going to talk about the final matchups here, the personnel that will dictate those final matchups here. Just a second on crossover Thursday on the locked on podcast network. And speaking of personnel these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. The first round picks, if you will. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire after you interview. It's like the combine, but you get to skip the combine. You just get to see all the 40 times. It's great. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Lauren, this is a game that FanDuel has had some problems trying to peg because this opened at two and a half. The Bears, as the home favorites, it is now down to one as we record this. Um, if you want to take the Packers on the money line, you're going to have to lay a little bit of juice. So as you go, go through this, lay out the case for me for how you think, and I'm going to, this is, this is going to flip your, flip your wig a little bit. Tell me what you think needs to happen for the Packers to win this game. For the Packers to win this game, I think they're going to need to, first of all, slow down this Bears running game, make Justin Fields have to be the hero again, have to do everything. And, I try and force him into the mistake here or there. It's I, the Bears. I don't think they're a good enough team yet to have the kind of margin for error to be able to overcome a key turnover, you know, a, a key interception, a key fumble, something like that. That's going to really tip the scales. I think these two teams are close enough that you know one of those big turnovers, one of those big kind of mis either a big mistake by one team or a, just a big play by their team, which tends to kind of go it's kind of symbiotic. There usually one means the other also happened there. But whether it's the heroic play from, from Justin Fields or the heroic mistake, you know, one of those types of plays, I think, can be enough to tilt the outcome of this game. So it's it's about making Fields uncomfortable and making him have to do more and not making life easy for him. Certainly, I think the Packers getting a lead and holding on to a lead can be an important part of that. Force the Bears to kind of press a little bit, try a little bit too much, and, and maybe get a little bit pass-happy, not be able to run, rely on their running game as much. And then I, I think it's sort of the inverse is a little bit true for Jordan Love too, right? Jordan Love doesn't need to do too much here. Like quick game, get the ball in your hands, your playmakers. Don't try and be a hero. You don't have to, you know, load up and hit the deep shots all game to beat this Bears team. Like in this Matt Eberflus defense, like they'll bend. You know, they'll give you some room on some checkdowns, some easy throws. They'll, they'll cover two. They'll sit back. They'll let you complete the easy completions underneath and work your way downfield and get in the red zone. And then that's where they hope to really shut things down. But Jordan Love looked really strong in the red zone in the preseason to me. <laughs> some of those throws. So like I, I think for the Packers, it's just about keeping things simple and, and making fewer mistakes and trying to force a young Bears team to be the team that makes more mistakes as opposed to a young Packers team that's got a lot of learning to do too. Yeah, I think to me, when I think about how the Bears can win this game and what what worries me the most, it's two things. It's the, the Bears just dominate on the ground. You mentioned this. The Packers have to have to be able to at least like credibly 
stop the run so that it's not like seven yards a play or that Justin Fields is not just like ripping off multiple 20-yard runs. Just just limit the damage a little bit. But if if they can stay on the move here with the run game, you throw in a little play action, the boot game, that can be a huge thing. To your point, if they're down 14 to three, last year, the Bears just kind of kept running their offense. Like it was kind of inexplicable at times when they'd be down and they're just like, no, we're just gonna keep going. And by the way, a lot of the time it worked. They just kept running the ball. And because they were such a good run team and because Justin Fields is so explosive, they'd run their way back into some of these games. But they have to force some turnovers. You mentioned the Packers limiting the turnovers. The flip side of that is the Bears have to be able to create some. I think efficiency in this offense, the Packers, Jordan Love, the the goal for him is going to be to limit mistakes. And if he can do that, he's been really good, by the way, in in training camp. There was like a handful of turnover-worthy plays all of camp. He had a couple um, in the Seahawks game that kind of make you, or the Patriots game, and kind of make you go, "Eh, okay, well, trying to make a play. You you understand that, but for the most part, he has limited those mistakes. If the Bears punch the ball out on Aaron Jones, who's had some quietly had some fumble issues over the course of his career, um, you've got a rookie in Luke Musgrave who's going to have to play a big role for this team. You've got a rookie in Tucker Craft who's going to have to play a big role in this team. If you don't have Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, then it's Malik Keith, it's Dontavian Wicks, it's Jaden Reed, it's Samori Toure, guys that that didn't even go get drafted in sixteen team fantasy leagues. Those are the kinds of guys that the Packers are going to be relying on. And those are the kinds of guys. It's not about just like winning routes and getting open and making catches. It's finishing plays. It's taking contact. It's taking hits. It's, it's missed assignments. Oh, you run the wrong route. And, and Jordan Love thinks you're going left. You go right and you throw it right to a bears defender. And it's like those kinds of things can happen in these situations. I think the bears have to create some turnovers and win on the ground game. I think they're, you know, the, the line reflects there's absolutely a, a path here for the Bears to win it. Um, it, but it, I think it requires the run game being dominant and the uh, the turnover luck kind of going the Bears' way a little bit here. So when you think about the final score, give me give me a prediction. Yeah, this one's tough because I think both teams do want to run the ball and be run heavy. So then, how does that? limit the potential scoring output and yet last year i think yeah both teams this could be one of those like seven possessions each games yeah but it'd be like last year like both both games had some decent scoring despite both teams having some rushing success in those games too so trying to hone that down has been a little bit of a challenge for me but for me peter we've done a lot of these crossovers over the years and, and pretty rarely have i been able to come onto one of these crossovers and actually predict a chicago bears victory with any sort of like real confidence i mean if, if i mean most of the time it's like yeah how much are the packers gonna win by but 20. Week one, 2019 is is the only time I can remember you doing it. Yeah, that sounds that maybe, sounds right. Maybe the second matchup in 2018. Some, that sounds about right. Back when they there was still that Matt Nagy hope and optimism of things going so well with that defense being great. But yeah, I, I think I think their Bears are in a decent spot here to to really make some waves. That's part of why I wore black on the podcast today, since we're mourning the Packers' reign over the <laughs> NFC North, the end of <laughs> the end of an era here, and so. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go 24-20 Bears over Packers, but I think this one will be this one will be really really tight and not a lot of wiggle room in either direction. And, and I will rem- I will remind us that last season the Bears had a first quarter lead in both Bears Packers games and a fourth quarter lead in one of the games. So these, these teams aren't weren't that far apart. No, it's true. And and Warren Sharp had a great stat about how the, the Bears inexplicably had like the best first drive offense in football, <laughs> and then their offense the rest of the of the uh, the game was like. 
33rd practically. Um, and, and so that's one of those weird things. Like if the Bears get out to an early lead, all of a sudden now the pressure's on Jordan Love. Like I could very much see that, especially if you don't have either or both of Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Um, that becomes problematic. I just, I think talent-wise, I think top to bottom, this Packers defense is just so much more talented than Chicago's defense. And I I, I believe in the infrastructure with Matt LaFleur and, and the offensive line and the run game. So at the key position, because the quarterback is kind of this wild variable, and both of our audiences know, I think Justin Fields was, was and has been pretty bad. I think the bar for Jordan Love to be better than him is pretty low. And then at the other premium positions, this is a thing I care about a lot. I think the Packers have pretty clear advantages at offensive line, at pass rush, and at corner. And then at coaching. So I'm going to take the Packers low scoring. Like I'd take the under 43, I think. I think like 2017, that kind of, I, I wanted to say 2014, but then uh, I don't know. It, it seems like a field goal game to me. So 2017, the Packers get this week one win and we're talking about it on Monday. Um, but but there's enough for Bears fans to go, yeah, but it was, but if one thing goes differently, everyone can be happy. Um, and so <laughs> that that is my prediction here. Um, and, and I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about it on Monday. I can't wait to talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll be live on Sunday after the show, but Friday, you and I will we'll both, we'll both have injury reports, all the latest for what we're doing. What do you have coming? I have JT O'Sullivan coming on the show on Friday. If you're, if you're a Bears fan and you want to hear about his thoughts on Justin Fields and Jordan Love, go check out what we're doing there on Friday. What do you have coming down the pipe, Lauren? We're putting together a game plan for what the Chicago Bears have to do to win in this game. What it looks like offensively, defensively, formationally, play calls, all that good stuff. It's going to be a fun one, and I can't wait to see it. Lauren, this is a blast, man. I can't wait for the game. Of course. Happy to do it.